All right, and welcome to Locked On Live, a Locked On Hornets edition. I'm one of the hosts of Locked On Hornets, Doug Branson, and I'm joined today via Zoom teleconferencing technology by my co-host on Locked On Hornets, Walker Mail. Hello, Walker. Hey, Doug. How are you doing today? I'm excited to watch the Milwaukee Bucks and Hornets series. All right, and welcome to oh, Locked yeah, On Live, I've got <laughs> Hornets edition. I'm going. <laughs> There were, technical difficulties. Well, yeah, listen, we can't start one of these lives without some technical difficulties. There we go. I cut off the audio from the actual live stream, so we're not getting us double. But it's good to know that we actually have audio for this one this time. Uh, yes, we will be watching uh, the 2001 playoffs, Milwaukee versus Charlotte. If you're a Hornets fan, you may know this as the closest the Hornets ever came to making an Eastern Conference Finals. It was very exciting times in Charlotte uh, during that 2001 playoff series. We're actually going to watch this YouTube video here. It's a compilation of the fourth quarters of games four through six. Uh, So we're going to dive into a lot of the history behind this playoff series and then what happened during it. I'm also joined by David Walker, my co-host on Let the Boys Watch, which you can uh, listen to on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash L-O-H. Hello, David. Doug and Walker, great to be back. Yeah, Doug, we need to get back on that and and talk about all the stuff we're binging right now. That's true. I just watched the pilot of Tiger King. I don't know. I'm sure. Mm. You know. You know why I did it? I didn't want to. Honestly, I was forced into I knew it. You wouldn't. I knew you wouldn't want to. And it was not. You know, normally, if people force me into watching something on Netflix, it's because one person is just like hammering away at me, say, "You got to watch Tiger King. You have to watch Tiger King." This was literally the entire culture. Like, it seems like everyone, I'm like, I might as well watch it. I'm going to be consumed by it anyway. So I just, I might as well just bow down to Tiger King. Uh, so now I'm watching it. I watched the pilot. Yeah, I never give in to any kind of binge-worthy show that is <laughs> circulating on social media, begging everyone to watch it, and I did. I'm glad I did, though. I binged the hell out of it, man. I started at, like, 1, got through it, was done about 7.30 or so, the 45-minute episodes that they are, seven episodes. Flew through it all in one day, and it was amazing from the beginning. to the How end. did you feel afterwards? Did you feel tired? Did you feel excited? Did you feel I melancholy? Stared at, I stared at the black screen for about 15 <laughs> minutes afterwards trying to comprehend what I had seen but well when you I, when you stare at a blank screen it's actually you looking back at you mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was a real inception moment for me after watching all of that okay uh, well thanks for joining us here on locked on live we will get into this rewatch of the 2001 playoff series between the Milwaukee Bucks and Charlotte Hornets uh, the fourth quarters we'll be watching a compilation of fourth quarter action from games four through six but before we do that we need to set the scene because It's been a while. I mean, it's been almost 20 years (laughs) since this series took place. And uh, I want to kind of dive back into some of the statistics from this Charlotte Hornets roster and from this series up to this point, because we're going to start with game four. So we have to figure out what happened in games one through three. First thing, first things first, let's talk about this roster. So the 2000-2001 Charlotte Hornets were coached by Paul Silas. They had a record of 46 and 36. They finished third in the NBA's Central Division. They were in the Central Division at the time because they had not uh, broken it out into four divisions at that point. Um, 
and the roster you had leading the way scoring wise Jamal Mashburn who Walker yes. is very down on for some reason I don't know why he rated him very low in his list of top 30 all-time you Hornets. got mad because I rated David Wesley ahead of Mashburn that's where we are here and Mashburn <laughs> played two years uh, well, okay so okay, okay hold on this. David would you like to comment on that that he rated David Wesley who I respect I respect the hell out of David Wesley but that he that he ranked Jamal Mashburn below David Wesley yeah, I respect everyone involved in this scenario. Most of all, Walker, but that is just blasphemy. That is insane. We're, we got to go with longevity at some point too, right? Like David averaged almost 18 points a game in this playoff series run, and he played three more years here with the Hornets. I stand mm. by my David Wesley ranking. I stand by it, and I stand by it heavy. I just got a notification <laughs> on my Apple Watch to check my rings. Uh, you know, the activity rings. Um, this is a daily occurrence for me now. I don't know if anyone else is experiencing this in the quarantine. I'm doing a very bad job of staying active. And each day my watch reminds me uh, that I haven't moved in, in many hours. <laughs> Are you doing anything to fix that? You have a lot of hobbies. I'm taking too. off the watch. Yeah, I'm going to fix that by just turning off the watch. <laughs> there you go. That's how you fix it. <laughs> okay, let's get back to this uh, Hornets team. I put the basketball reference page up on the live stream so we can kind of all take a look together. So Mashburn was leading the way in scoring, but then you had uh, as well uh, Baron Davis at the point guard position um, in, in his sophomore season. So he just got done with his rookie campaign. And then uh, Eldon Campbell at center. You had Derek Coleman at power forward. His absence would play a big role in this uh, final series for the Charlotte Hornets in, in 2001. Uh, Jamal Mash, uh, excuse me, Jamal McGlure in his rookie season. We've got uh, uh, Lee Nalon, the big cat. Lee Nalon uh, in his uh, rookie season as well. And then uh, Hersey Hawkins. This is an interesting uh, name here. Hersey Hawkins played with the Hornets in the mid-90s, 93 through 95, I believe. And then they brought him. This was his final season in the NBA, and the Charlotte Hornets bring him back, and he played about 11 to 12 minutes. So 6-3. I would have thought Hersey was definitely taller than 6-3. See, Dear now, God, he was born in 1966. I, I, Holy Lord. Yeah, I actually thought he was smaller than 6'3". I, I mean, maybe really? that's about right. Yeah, Hersey Hawkins. That's Yeah, Hersey Hawkins always seemed like a little guy. Maybe it's because the Supersonics 90s team was always my go-to classic for the 2K games that we would play, and he just seemed like yeah. one of the smaller dudes out there on the court. So that's what I'm basing it on as a video game okay. character. And then, uh, of course, David Wesley on this team. Um, but going back to Hersey real quick, if you go and watch his game – and you know that he's 6'3". I, I made the comparison of Malik Monk to Hersey Hawkins, which people were like, wait a minute. Mm. But you go back and look at his game, it's very Malik Monkish. So you hate him now. After watching Hersey Hawkins again, you're like, oh, you know what? I don't like Hersey Hawkins after you compared him to Malik Monk. Is that the take you arrived at? Look uh, at these great names on this roster <laughs> right now that you don't remember. Eldridge Re Rob Eldridge Rakasner. Anyone remember Eldridge uh, Rakasner? That was the first name that I gravitated towards as well, looking at this, looking at the roster and the stats. Rakasner is the first name I immediately looked. Doug Overton? Wow. <laughs> Doug Overton. That is like the guy you got in the pack of basketball cards every time, <laughs> but he was always in a New Jersey. <laughs> and then Otis Thorpe um, was actually one of the, you know, the, in, it, it seems like... Good Lord. It seems like back in these old playoff series... You really got down to seven eight-man rotations, and Otis Thorpe made the eight-man rotation for the Charlotte Hornets in this series. So you're going to see a little bit of Otis Thorpe 
doing his thing. That is, um, that is just a, an amazing collection of NBA historical names right there. I mean, Otis Thorpe, Derek Coleman, Hersey Hawkins. Jeez. <laughs> All right, so that's your, your breakdown of who we're going to be watching here in the 2001 uh 2001 Charlotte Hornets versus Milwaukee Bucks Eastern Conference semifinals matchup. On the other side, you had the Milwaukee Bucks who were featuring uh, Ray Allen, young Ray Allen, and he was uh, scorching hot. Uh, Glenn, the big dog, Robinson. Uh, Sam Cassell uh, played a big factor in, uh, unfortunately, unseating the Hornets in this semifinals matchup. As well as Scott Williams, Darvin Ham, and then the reserves for the Milwaukee Bucks, Irvin Johnson, not Magic Johnson, just Irvin Johnson. Tim Thomas, Jason Caffey, and Lindsey Hunter, of a few players that didn't play in a couple of these games, at least game four I'm looking at here, Joel Prisbilla and Rafer Alston. So there you go. Skip to Maloo. I didn't know I didn't know Rafer Alston was on that team. That's the one that probably catches me by the biggest surprise. All right. If we're ready, gentlemen, we can. I think we've given uh, enough context here on the 2000-2001 Charlotte Hornets. This would be the penultimate year for the original run of the Charlotte Hornets. They would do uh, they would do it one more time in Charlotte in 0102. Uh, they would also they would also reach this round in 0102, where they would face the uh, Jason Kidd led uh, New Jersey Nets and the Nets. Uh, put a beat down on them on their way to the NBA Finals that season. Uh, so this, again, we're rewatching uh, fourth quarter games, four through six, the, really the closest the Hornets have ever come. I, I really, watching this series, we can talk really quickly just about our memories of this series watching it. Uh, I remember watching this and going, this is it. I mean, I really thought this was the moment that the Charlotte Hornets always had been sort of a national franchise, but this was the moment where this team could finally get to the Eastern Conference Finals and be a legitimate Finals contender. Yeah, yeah I felt thought, like they had reached that pinnacle. That, or go ahead, Walker. But they they were finally a real team. Like they like to your point, I had garnered enough respect around the league and looked like a real NBA playoff team. Well, it's crazy because we say that, and I started to look at the stats too. Like they won forty six games this season. You know, we're talking about this team being that contender. They were forty six and thirty six this year, which is not the record of a team that you would say, "Hey, this is finally going to be the team that breaks through." Not even close when you look at that. But then you start to see them go up against the Milwaukee Bucks, and they take them to seven games. And you look at that game two. I believe the Hornets lost in overtime, and so that was certainly one that you look back in hindsight and think, okay, yeah, if they could have just squeezed that one out, then this would be a Hornets team going up against the Philadelphia 76ers who are only led by AI. And yes, you had to Kimbe. I mean, we can look, if you want to, if you want to cape for Aaron McKee and all those guys, fine. It was a good enough team to make the Eastern conference finals. We get it. Point being to me was that Charlotte had a real chance to at least get to the NBA finals. Nobody would have beaten the, the LA Lakers, right? I mean, they, they would they could have gotten swept. They could have won no. one game. Like they weren't going to do anything like that. But in the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah, they had a shot to beat the Allen Iverson-led Sixers. Yeah, I'm looking at what their yeah. record was in the season versus Philadelphia. They went 2-2 two and two versus Philadelphia in the regular season. They went 3-1 and one against this Milwaukee team. So I, I do remember feeling confident that the Hornets could hang with the Milwaukee Bucks, who were seeded uh, over the Charlotte Hornets in this series. Yeah, 46 wins back then was really like 65 in today's NBA. There, you got to keep that in mind, guys. <laughs> That's true. They were basically the Warriors then. Yeah, 100%. All right. Okay. If if you gentlemen are ready, we will sync our plays here, so we're all watching uh, at the same time. I've got the vault. I need to turn the volume down a little bit so they can actually hear our microphones over this. Are you ready, gents? Yes, I'm ready. Indeed. All right. In three, two, one. 
play. All right, we pick right up in action. I believe that is that was Mashburn on the floater. Yeah, this this game is not going to help me with my mash take because he is just awesome in this one, and he is unbelievable. He's really game. good in this game, so I'm I'm gonna look like an idiot based off this. I guess five minutes of action we have in this uh, game. Four. Now you guys might not remember this, but headbands very in for this team uh, during this playoff <laughs> run. Everyone has a headband. And I believe, is Dell still on this? No, Dell's not still on this team. But no. there's some, you know, when everyone goes to the headband look, it doesn't always work for each and every player. So keep that in mind. And I feel like B Diddy started it. I feel like B Diddy started oh, sure. the headband, and then Eldon Campbell and Jamal Mashburn and I David don't... Wesley all picked it up. But the white headband with the white jerseys, I mean, just primo. Well, they're thick. I feel, I feel like they're very thick headbands for these guys. I, I and and I don't know, man. The, the guys, I don't think it works for. I'm not sure it works for. Matt. I'm not sure it works for David no. Wesley. Those are the two guys. I David Wesley is the one that struggles with this. Now, funny story about the headband, guys. I did go to some of these playoff games. I'll have to go back and make sure this is the correct series. But during these, uh, during one of these runs, they were filming uh, Shallow Hal in Charlotte. Yes. <laughs> You'll remember that movie. Yes. And at the time, Jack Black was not Jack Black, but I did know who that was. My brother and I recognized him. He sang the national anthem before one of these games wearing a white headband that's how big they were can we talk about a young a youngish sveltish george carl looking very look very well kept look at that yeah he does look good and that's before the hair just completely goes away and turns white um still man i mean hell of a hairline right there <laughs> from george carl but does look a lot younger i'm sure there were a lot of great like carolina george carl articles oh, i watched at the it before time. we got on here and yes they're, they're they were talking about george carl discussing oh look at that step back over. oh it yeah, didn't go in but great. it was beautiful yeah bob costas was talking about george carl maybe taking over that north carolina job yeah had Matt Doherty at the time. That's what they were discussing. Yeah. And he said, you know, I don't know if I want to take over the shoes that are or fill the shoes of Dean Smith because Matt Doherty certainly had not done that at this time. And uh, Carl eventually wouldn't take that job, obviously, but that's what they were talking about. Yeah, Bob cost this on the call for this one. I mean, this is uh, back this when is he did back when he did B-ball. All right, a little post-up action, but he's oh, they're going to try to double. Oh, they got him in rotation. Peach. PJ, so huge for this team. One of the, I think, lost Hornets in my mind. People forget about P.J. Brown and how good he was in this year. People forget about Big list. Dog, too, man. Uh, Glenn Robinson was a walking bucket. I mean, that guy could just score. It's somebody you don't hear mention a lot these days, but back in the day, man, Glenn Robinson, Big Dog, just a pure score. I don't know if you guys are going to be pleased with P.J. being 27th on my all-time Hornets list. Is that too low for P.J.? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, actually. Okay. Uh, uh, let's remark on the court as well. Um, they didn't mm-hmm. have that then now they had gone away by this time from the honeycomb uh, paint area but I love the swoosh the butt swoosh as I refer to it the swoosh that comes out of Hugo's butt in the in the center of the court I love and that. I'm a fan of the basketball free throw line I like this court better than the honeycomb and the gradient you, you have the gradient uh, two-point area yeah I love it yeah this is my favorite court I like this court better than the honey uh, the honeycomb court 
So this Bucks team had a lot of talent on it, man. I mean, Sam Cassell had a lot of experience. Like I said, Big Dog Glenn Robinson, Ray Allen, even Tim Thomas. I mean, that was a pretty stacked lineup they had. I should mention we didn't uh, tell people where the Hornets were in the series at this time. They were actually down two games to one. Uh, Milwaukee had won both of their games at home. Uh, game two was really close, one-point win, 91-90 over the Charlotte Hornets. So this was essentially a must-win for the Hornets as they go. They, they got – uh, a double-digit lead. Art, nope, the now Milwaukee is cut at 82-75 with 2.46 to go. Yeah, it was a Tim Thomas three. Uh, man, Tim Thomas is uh, quite the flashback name as well. I think he was on those good Suns teams and helped them quite a bit off the bench, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, look at that. Oh. Behind his head. What a pass there by – was that Diddy? I think it was Mashburn. Diddy. Mashburn. Was it? Oh, it was Mash. I think it was Diddy. The headbands throw us off. It's tough. That's <laughs> true. Oh, no, there's Diddy. I think it was one of the bigs, actually. Yeah, I mean, all of them. That might have been. I mean, honestly, that might have been Eldon Campbell, which would have been amazing if Eldon Campbell <laughs> just threw a behind the behind his head pass underneath. Do, do you think that that guys back then were better interior passers than they are now because they just played there so much? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know if I've ever really thought about that, but yeah, that yeah, makes I mean, sense. It would make sense because they just had a bunch of post-up oh, opportunities. Pass, and then you would think they would have to kick it out every once in a while. Bad pass there by Mash. I think it was Eldon Campbell who threw that pass. I'm gonna believe it now. <laughs> Again, we're watching Game Four here. The Hornets down oh, two to one in this series. That's a missed match. Oh, oh, nice steal ahead to. That's a David Wesley layup like. right there. That was David Wesley. Beautiful. Yeah, the headband over the ears for David Wesley. Uh, you not guys. working. <laughs> so the Hornets this season uh, were actually a, a bad offensive team. They were 24th of 29 in points per game, 91.9. But they were the fourth best defensive team this uh, in this season, uh, holding teams to 89.8 points per game, fourth out of the 29 NBA teams. Well, I think if you look at the results of all the games that the Hornets won, they were under 100 points, and and I, I believe that's right if you were to look at some of the box scores for them, and, and that was the kind of game that the Hornets played, the ones that they won. Oh, it was pretty goodness. low scoring. 24 turnovers in this game for Milwaukee. Not a recipe for success there, but uh, Not against a team that plays this good defense, and then MASH. So, yeah, all you needed was MASH to score 30, and, I mean, you, you had already essentially had a third of your scoring average. Oh, good little double double clutch there. Long arms of mash. <laughs> Man, you know, I, the people and Hornets fans really just need to understand that Eldon Campbell was a good basketball player, and I have an Eldon Campbell beanie baby. People just need to understand that. Yeah. They need to understand that fact, yes. Uh, yeah, you're right, Walker. Um, in the victories for the Charlotte Hornets. They held Milwaukee under 100 in all of them. And then Milwaukee scored over 100 in three of their four victories in this series. I mean, this is the final 50 seconds of this game. Milwaukee has 75 points. Yeah, Yeah, no wonder they lost this game. Well, we're coming. Yeah, we're coming out of the, you know, the the late 90s basketball (laughs) that was not known for its scoring prowess. Ooh, boy. How do we feel about, oh, pull up. Close. Okay. No, <laughs> not even close. How different are these jerseys compared to ones previously? Because I, they're a little different, right? In the shade, I guess, of, of teal and purple. 
uh, maybe yeah, a little they're, darker. They're, they're a little tweaked. You've got the piping down the 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 uh, outside of the shorts and the jerseys there, whereas the original ones and the throwback ones they use now are basically all white or all teal. So they added that, and then I believe they still have the pinstripes, though. I don't think the pinstripes extended to the shorts on these, but uh, they're just a little like updated to the uh, to the original ones. So we're closing in on the end of game four of this series. Mashburn is going to finish this game with 31 points, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. An absolute monster game. He was 11 of 26 from the field. Did not hit a three-point shot in this game. The Hornets overall... No one did. No one did, really. Uh, no, the Hornets overall were four of 14. Oh, oh yeah. Let's watch this one oh, next, baby. Oh, my God. Uh, is that, that Vince, and a- yes. Vince versus oh, AI? Back how they should be. Oh, man. And that was the series that, that came down the graduation to graduation series, yeah. right? Yeah, that was. It was. And then Vince Carter missed a baseline three. That was it. I think that went the distance, did it? I, I think it went. I think it went. It was seven games now. because yeah. I believe because it was back in Philly. Vince went to Chapel Hill that morning. That was a Sunday afternoon game. I remember that one. And Dikembe, I believe, after the game said he looked at Vince's shot. He said he thought it was going in, thought they were going It looked home. good. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself, Vince Carter's going to play for the next 40 years. <laughs> you were right. An excellent call. And I was an amazing correct. call. Yeah. <laughs> series tied 2-2. Okay, now this is where we messed up. Confetti. Okay, the series is tied 2-2. We're dropping confetti. <laughs> what point. is going on, Charlotte? That's great true. Point. You make a great point. All right, now we fast forward to game five. Again, about five, six minutes left. I love all this telestration, by the way. We need more of this in the NBA instead of them just crapping on the game all the time. Give us some X's and O's. Tell us what's going guys, on. Oh, look yeah, at this little baseline, who, little baseline cut. One. Is this Van Gundy? And I don't know who. I can't. This was TBS at the time, so this might have been Harlan. Oh, you know, is it the czar? Oh, yes, you're right. Yep. Yeah, you can can hear him. And how about B. Diddy with a three on an excellent pass out of the post? Mm -hmm. That's a big dog bucket. So Hornets down what? No, No, Hornets up right now, 92-86. A minute 50 to go. Baron Davis tries to split the double team, holds his dribble. David David Wesley over to the wing to mash. Mash one-on-one. Mash. This is his time. <laughs> Very Jordan-esque all-turnaround jump shot. Doesn't go. How about the all-black headbands, by the way? All of them. The all black shoes man. on the road, black headbands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, you don't see them as – I mean, they don't, obviously don't pop as oh, much. Good board the there by – good board there by P.J. Mashburn. Holding the ball here. They got all the time really in the world. Spread out. I wonder what Elton mm. Campbell's three-point percentage with was. When it's the end of these games, guys. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to slow it down. <laughs> I, I, somehow I remember this team being better offensively than they were. My mind. My mind just wanted them to be better offensively. I think we got an Eddie Robinson flash on the bench right there, who I also loved as a kid for no apparent reason. Just like him. Ray Allen has literally not aged at all. No, he hasn't, man. This was the year he was dunking on people. Ray Allen would absolutely dunk on you. And a match is at the at the line here. Woo! Twenty-four points on twenty-two shot attempts there. Eight for nine. Getting to the line the though. Line. So during this season, Eldon Campbell played seventy-eight games. He was forty-four percent from the field. You don't love that out of your center, especially during these times. Thirteen points per game, but Tough eight miss. eight rebounds per game as well. Missed the first one there. There's Eddie. 
You need to have that one. That that that's why Mashburn always gave you the feast or famine type feel. I mean, I think he was more productive than not, but like in these cases, you really needed two. Oh, jeez, no, I yeah. got zero. Ooh. Tough. That's brutal. That's not how you win a playoff game on the road. Paul Silas a little worried at this point. Oh, there was There's Lee Nalon. Lee Nalon. See. Yeah, I was surprised. I just remember. I remember Urban Johnson playing oh. in this game. There you go. There they are. <laughs> yes, the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Where did I see Marv? Is he on Space Jam? He was on something, or or maybe it was like a Dream Team retrospective. But that hair in one of these flashbacks is just. B Diddy, you guys remember the B Diddy dunk, right? When he dunked through his headband that had basically had two holes. Yeah, I do remember eyes. that. Yes, okay. I do. Well, I I didn't mention this, so we're doing this. Uh, bracket of the 16 best moments in Charlotte Hornets history and I, I didn't mention this during the episode with Rick Bennell but I think had big shot. had B. Diddy hit that dunk that would be one of them but he didn't but if he did uh, what, what the greatest moments you say yeah, we're Is that do, your bracket? Yeah, we're going to do 16, mm-hmm. top 16 best moments in Charlotte Hornets franchise history and then bracket it up and see what wins Oh, that was an ugly turnover. By the way, I want to give credit to PJ uh, PJ Brown for staying in front of Ray Allen driving baseline. That was, I mean, PJ yeah. defensively. I mean, in the last game we watched in the last fourth quarter, had a couple of turnovers where guys were trying to pass to him in the post. So offensively wasn't the greatest. But how about defensively just coming up with the Cody Zeller plays, Doug? <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't find him in the box score. You, you no, can you look, can. you can try, but you can't find him. Uh, by the way, Jamal Mashburn, his usage in this game thirty six point three. That is enormous. The ball found him a lot. Shout out to Lee Nalon. Not dressed out, I don't think, but still wearing the black headband. So black headband and street clothes, I, I believe is what I saw on the bench there. That's, Lee Nalon, that's a good teammate. Yeah, Lee Nalon's like my favorite Hornet of all time who had one good year for us, and that was it. I think it was just one that he gave us that he was pretty productive, and that was the only productive year I think he had in the NBA. Shout out Eddie Robinson off the bench in this game. You're not going to see him because we're in, in closing time right now, but he had double digits, 11 points, five rebounds rebounds on four of nine shooting in this game huge pull up and this was actually a big win on the road here for the hornets how about the giant purple watching but up six how about these giant purple uh warm-ups that all of the bench players are wearing they look like (laughs) jammies oh Lindsay. i love all i love the serious looks on the bench i love those cutaways and all the playoff series just everybody just like really locked in this guy's not too worried Scott Williams. <laughs> no, he, no, he wasn't. He's got his rings. Eldon Campbell, I don't think, wanted to come to Charlotte. I'm pretty sure I have that history correct when he was traded. Uh, Derek Coleman. So we should mention Coleman here. Coleman, and, and you can go back and listen to our episode that we have with Rick Bennell, the beat writer for the Charlotte Observer. But Coleman not playing in this series uh, was a big deal. He, he gets injured, I believe, in game three and uh, goes to the locker room and just never comes out. And there was there's some disputed history on whether or not he could have played for the rest of this series. Um, part of Derek Coleman's long and troubled history in Charlotte. Four straight in the playoffs. They're down by eight, 26 and nine, 10 seconds to go. And look at those shirts, too. The Bucks had some pretty wild logos in their day, I, especially in this time when everybody was experimenting and getting weird with their logos, the 90s logos. They had some pretty weird Bucks. Just a full-on buck. Just 
plastered on the front of their jersey. Like the kind you would find at Bass Pro or Cabela's. I mean, they just straight up put that on their jersey and said, let's rock it. I love 90s logos and 90s jerseys. They're the absolute. And so we have some, even though this is 2001, we have some of them still leaking into the world. Oh, wow. Come on, PJ. You got to do a little better than that. And how do you miss that? 94-86, Charlotte up with 13 seconds to go. We're going to foul here. Yeah, it's essentially ball game as Wesley gets fouled. So this is the moment I thought I thought as a, as a fan at the time. I was like, oh, oh my God, they beat them in Milwaukee. They're going to do it. Game five. And, and, and we should note how eerily similar this series is to the last series that the Charlotte Hornets played in the playoffs against Miami where they went – uh, they went down two games. Now, the difference in the Miami series is that Miami blew Charlotte right. out in those two games in, in 16. Um, and whereas the Hornets in this series lost game two very closely, but you're down 0-2, and then you win the next three, and then everybody thinks you're going to win the series. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I think people would mostly consider the golden era of Charlotte basketball with Zoe, LJ, and Muggsy. And they were certainly a, a more, na- they were in the more national spotlight then because of some of the guys they had. And they were better players, right? Like Zoe and even Larry at that time, better players than any player that was on this. Yeah, you had more Hall of Famers. That got the Hornets the closest, as we mentioned. And if you were to say, what is the golden era, right? I mean, you might have to say, you know, who got them the closest. And maybe because you had to go up against better teams, right? Like going up against Michael, going battling against Patrick Ewing and the Knicks. You had some stars that you were battling then, but this was a team that was great, man. I, I love watching this team as a kid. And really constructed via trade, right, Doug? Fact check me on that. But, I mean, obviously, Baron Davis was uh, the draft pick that stuck with him. But it seems like everyone else was acquired via moves, you know, on the trading on the trading block. So PJ came over from Miami. The one, I think David Wesley, I, I don't, was he trade or was he free agent? Because I know he played for the Celtics, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to think of the way that they got him. I'll look it up. There you go. But David Wesley was not an original Hornet, right? Like, they didn't draft right. him. They drafted no. Baron Davis. They didn't draft Jamal. They didn't draft Elton. They didn't draft PJ. Yeah, I mean, all the guys that really contributed yeah. were acquired. Shout out Bob Bass. Yeah, Bob Bass. Yeah. I believe Eddie Robinson was the draft pick. Um, DC, obviously not. Oh, Jimmy Goldstein, what up? <laughs> Look at that hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. What is it? Oh, the B. I get it. I get it. The horn angriest buck I've ever seen. Oh, the blimp. I miss the old Hornets blimp. That would fly around the Coliseum. Yeah, didn't it get punctured? <laughs> I think it did. It There's down. a video, right? There's yeah, a video yeah. of the blimp getting punctured. Uh, punctured. So yes, it was a it was a free agency acquisition of David Wesley. Um, he was not traded. He played uh, started his career in New Jersey, then played three seasons in Boston, and then in 1997, David Wesley joins the Charlotte Hornets and for one, two, three, four, five seasons in Charlotte. Uh, scored 13 or more points a game. And do you guys remember the nickname of the Baron Davis, David Wesley backcourt? I don't. I don't Bodyguards. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> dropping, some, dropping some knowledge on us there. No, I don't I rem- believe that was one of the earlier uh, Kenny Smith given nicknames. Maybe the only nickname branded. So Cassell, huge shot there to put Milwaukee. So this is game six. Hornets win this. They go to the Eastern Conference. 
and that's the whole thing too. We thought we're coming back to Charlotte, game six. We played well, played really good defense. We can do this thing. Now they're down one. I believe about two minutes left to play. Mash going to the line here. You saw him miss two free throws late in that game in Milwaukee. Let's see what he does here. Yeah, that's one thing about Mash is he did get to the free throw line quite a bit. I believe the second year here in Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken, he it's went there the like first. six times a game the regular season. You've seen how many attempts he's had that we've watched just in the fourth quarter alone. You know, that that was something he did really well. Irvin, not that yeah. Magic Johnson, getting the lower third there. Mash for a second one. This would put them up. It does, so they're up one now. George Carl, I don't love that tie shirt combo there. Oh, no, man, losing the tie a little bit. <laughs> All right, Hornets, you know, they're known for their defense this season. All they got to do is play good defense. Oh, hey, just oh, Lee Nalon on the floor late. Wow. Is that Robinson or Nalon? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. That was Eddie Robinson. E-Rob. Yeah, Robinson getting the Oh, man, the blow by David Wesley not holding his ground there to Cassell. Oh, that's a bad call, I think. Did they get I mean, I'd love, I'd love to say it was, but it's pretty blurry right now. We're still in standard definition, so it's tough to I say. I tell from here. I had no problem giving that take. <laughs> oh, okay, man, so that's now, Hornets ball. Where's the replay? I'm mad now. Oh, yeah. Uh, makeup, makeup call right there. Offensive foul going the other way. Is that on, is that the, on Hornets, the big dog? This yep, is, this on is the big dog. time. I mean, this is, this is two minutes ago, deciding game. I mean, you got to be counting on Mash, right? He's got to be your go-to guy. I'm pretty certain Carl has less hair than he did in Game Four. <laughs> There's some that came off. Yeah, Mash was the go-to guy in this, really, in this entire series. I mean, the whole time we've been watching, it's been Mash. Right, Mash, Mash, back down. Well, it's just like in that a previous rewatch, right? We saw a lot of LJ backing down from the uh, yeah. mid-court line. Okay, you can't let Cassell get you free you like that. Stop ball, guys. What is happening? The huge bucket. Excel. All right, I mean, thirty-three that's, points ooh, for Excel. Yeah, let me pull up the let me pull up the stats for this for this game. Thirty-three points for Cassell. My God, are they trying Look, to post up Mash again? Yeah, they're trying oh to. Oh my God. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating down to go one. back and watch. Oh, don't and one. bring the double really team. Defense. Oh my gosh, <laughs> no! It just says get it out of here. And was that M1? Was that a shot clock violation? Oh, oh yeah, I think it's before. There we go. Oh, Paul. Somebody let Rick Bennell know. <laughs> He's got to tweet it. That's right. Oh, man. How frustrating is this for you guys to just watch them say, we can't do anything besides put the ball in Mash's hands and have him drive and just get hopefully fouled. That, that, that's yeah. what we're hoping for. Yeah. You want the usage that's percentage for Jamal Mashburn? Oh, uh, let's hear it. 35%. Oh, 45%. 35%. Baron oh. <laughs> uh, Davis, 25%. David Wesley, 20%. All right. I mean, it was just all ISO. There we go. Diddy. Oh, did he pull up? And he was a good three-point shooter for his time. But you saw Mash pass out of that. Yeah. The double team was coming, finding the up and God, not something he did in the previous couple of possessions. All right, all tied this up, is, 36 seconds. I mean, this, this is just oh, a kick. Oh, it's going it's it's to gut us, but we have to watch it. Oh, no. I got an Who idea. Is that, is that Ray? I know no, it's that's, a young that Ray That has Allen, to be Ray Ray. Don't leave Ray Allen! That has to be Ray Ray. It is. Shuttlesworth. Shuttlesworth. Up three. Yeah. Oh, brutal. Huge shot. Hornets, not great offense. Oh, yeah. That's why I, I yeah, oh, put the oh, ball in wait. PJ's hands. 
Is that Eddie Robinson? You know, Terrible three-point three shot. To match the Ray Allen three, it's just not going to go your way. Yeah, giving it to P.J. Brown in what looked like uh, maybe a double team and have him pass to Eddie Robinson, that's not the play I want. Yeah, only six points in this game for Eddie. Uh, Ove one from three. That was the only one he attempted. Why was he in there? Do we know what was going on? What was he doing in crunch time? I hadn't seen any action in the previous So they pulled, they had to pull. I'm looking to see. Okay, so Eldon's sitting the bench. So they've gone small. Maybe Milwaukee went small and they, and and Paul Silas is doing something to match here. Well, Doug, you did say Eddie Robinson got 10 points or 11 points in this game, right? Okay, so maybe it was just trying to ride the hot hand or something like that. I don't know, but I'm with you. Well, he only got 19 in this one. I mean, Eldon Campbell had 26 minutes, but they definitely went small because McGlure got minutes in this game, the rookie, 16 minutes, three or four, seven points, a little preview of what he would do in the next season. I love the Ray Allen stank face. I mean, look at that. Man, he just is. The chewing on the gum, stank looking at you, mean mugging. That was so cool. Not sure. Uh, David uh, David Wesley, bad pull. I mean, they were just rushing it. They were forced. Now, see, that dunk in today's game, that, that would have been, uh, there would have been op-eds written about that dunk. There would have been uh, so many angry callers. A walker, you would have been fielding them the next day about that yeah. dunk. Call in, was it right? So that's game. Now, that Now the series isn't over. They would go back to Milwaukee. Uh, we will not watch that game. Um, but, <laughs> that one's too tough. But I remember, and, and you guys tell me if you remember differently, but I remember watching. Let's listen to what MASH says. Oh man! Hey, I, did NBC know that the Hornets lost? Why were they interviewing Mashburn? I don't know, but I miss him. I miss him so much. I love <laughs> that's your boy. I love some Mashburn. I'll get some stats Mother's up here Day, from that final Mother's game. Day loss in Charlotte. I thought you know dropping the confetti after that game was a little even even you know in the loss. That was a great point. By the way, I it was there were more important things happening. But one thing I did notice was at the box at the table right at the side table. It seemed like anybody that was affiliated with the Hornets also was rocking the white headband. They were wearing the white. Oh, that's headband. what I'm saying. Yeah, Everyone. Everybody was Jack doing. Black, the scores guy, Rick <laughs> yeah. Bunnell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got to ask Rick next Tuesday if he was rocking the white hoodie. Uh, so. There's well, no way. So here's so here's what I been, if we were thinking we all would have had uh, white headbands on for this podcast. That's Maybe true. Next time, find oh, us another man. one. Here's here's what I remember from the end of this game. I remember sitting at home watching it and going, "They're going to lose Game Seven. Mm-hmm. Like it had just drained all of the hope." from my body and it was a very similar feeling to the game six loss against Miami at home when the Hornets had a chance to move on to the second round in 2016 and I just remember leaving the arena and going to uh, Red Eye Diner in Epicenter and gorging on a huge piece of chocolate cake because (laughs) I was just so sad I kept producer Katie and I were just so sad because we were like that was it man that was the chance game seven they are going to murder us and um, that's what happened against Milwaukee in Game Seven. Let me pull that. Yeah, and and up. I don't know if you guys caught it. Maybe you can go back and listen to what Mash had to say at the end of that game again. But it's, I swear, he says we got to go down to Milwaukee and get one. 
or get one of these. And that was, it was a game seven. And I, I don't know if I heard that wrong, but it just sounded like, well, he said, he said, he said, can't let, he said, can't let him. He said, we couldn't let him have this one. That's what he said. Okay. Yeah. And, and honestly, you look at that. If we're going to, if we're going to analyze that comment, that's not good. Heading into the last game of the series that we couldn't have him. We couldn't let him have this one. Yeah, you probably couldn't. And just the fact that you admit that, frustrating because it's not like you have I, just that comment alone it makes yeah. you feel the kind of magnitude of that loss keeping them from their only eastern conference finals appearance so in game seven the bucks would go on to win 104 95 it was a close game the hornets up three after one they tied in the second quarter so they were up three going into the half but then milwaukee huge third quarter 29 to 17 uh the hornets would not be able to come back in the fourth quarter they lose 104 95 to end that series uh mashburn was pretty inefficient in that game seven seven of 25 from the floor 28 percent only one of two from three baron davis probably had his best game of the series in that game seven so it sort of countered that a little bit 29 points six assists and two steals but it wasn't enough because you had ray allen 28 points in game seven glenn robinson 29 points both of them over 55% from the field. And then Sam Cassell adds an inefficient 17 points, but 13 assists. The big three of Milwaukee just turning it on. And then, of course, Milwaukee going on to face the uh, Allen Iverson-led Sixers. The Sixers win that, and they go on to play the Los Angeles. It's funny to to see big, huge plays in each of the two rewatches that we've done. So it was funny to see the Alonzo Mourning game winner against the Celtics, where I think most people would confuse that with nope. last week. They would put more time on the clock, and then thank God it, there was a bad pass by Kevin McHale who just didn't throw it early enough because there was a wide-open tip-in. So that's a huge play for the Hornets' escape. And this one, right? Like it, It's funny because we go to the Courtney Lee shot that helps them win in the series that you compared it to, Doug, just this Heat series a few years back, but how about this one? The Ray Allen shot. I mean, the Ray Allen three backpedaling back with the mean mug looking right at the Hornets after the Tiger Woods fist bump. That's it. That's what kept the Charlotte Hornets. If we were to dwindle it down to just one play, right? Of course, everyone's important, but just one play Hornets D up Ray Allen's wide open in the three. They D up in the paint. Ray Allen wide open for three nails it. And Hornets don't go to the first ever Eastern conference finals. And that, that was the play. I think that sticks out to me in this rewatch. I was yeah, a, and they had yeah, and they had chances on. too, right? I mean, you saw the many empty possessions prior to that, and the same thing going back to that last rewatch. Like the Hornets seemed to find ways to not be able to get that to go their way, and then, like you said, the other team just made one more play than the Hornets were able to make. So, correction: Derek Coleman only played two games in this series before getting injured, uh, and and he wasn't playing Quote, well unquote, at the time. Right. Yeah, and he was coming off the bench. I think this was this was it for Coleman. Uh, in Charlotte before he moved on to his uh, his next venture. Uh, but yeah, Mashburn led the way in this series. He averaged... Oh, you're not going to give me an average? Okay, basketball reference kind of killing me here. But um, played well in this series, definitely led the team, but did shoot under 40% in the series. Uh, David Wesley, Baron Davis uh, adding a lot of assists and pretty efficient play. Again, Baron Davis shot well from three. Uh, 16 of 40, you kind of have to put it in the context of of what they were dealing with uh, at the time. But Milwaukee, just simply too much offense for one of the top five defenses in the league that season. You know, in in a league that's predicated a lot now on the big three, if you go to Milwaukee's big three, that's pretty good. Sam, back then to have those three players, Sam Cassell, Big Dog, Ray Allen, that's a pretty good big three for any team, at least in that day and age. 
to look at some of the other teams that were pretty good and, and they didn't have it. If you were to play a three on three tournament, right? Like Milwaukee, you know, probably as, as good as a lot of those teams in the NBA at that point. So interesting there when you compare it to the other franchises at that time. And which makes that 76ers run even more impressive. If you think about it, because they did not have a big three, they had Allen Iverson. And so to go up against that Bucks team and win that series is is pretty telling about what was going on back then. But yeah, that Bucks team, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You look at that the talent they had on the floor, especially able to score the ball in Big Dog and uh and Ray Allen. It's a pretty good team back then. Any final thoughts before we head out of here? I loved all of that, even though that was really <laughs> tough to watch at the end. I, I loved the court. This was me, right? This is what I grew up watching. So I don't remember the Zoe Johnson Bogues era. When I finally got into basketball, it was watching these teams, these Hornets teams that were competitive, watching uh, Mashburn and Baron Davis and David Wesley. And that that was the series that I remember and getting really uh, whole, wholeheartedly into the game of basketball. And so to watch watch all of that that was my nostalgia like that's what I grew up on right there so even if the Hornets lost and it was really frustrating to see Ray Allen hit the three to see Jamal Mashburn play isolation offense and continue to come up empty-handed it was still a lot of fun to go back and really watch what got me into the game so much yeah and to me I think guys you look at the progression of the franchise from that Zoe LJ highlight that we watched last time which when we go back and watch it like they were very very fortunate lucky to win that game nostalgia puts it in a different place for a lot of people and for us right now but when you go back and watch it you know they they tried to lose that game several different ways and you compare it to the team that we just watched much more mature much more well-built team much more talented across the board i think it shows you how the hornets built up over time and where they got to and when you contrast that with what we're watching right now right it just takes time to get there obviously a different day and age but it's cool to see the progression that that team made it's just unfortunate that they weren't able to stay here and kind of keep building on towards that but yeah i'm with you walker i mean this was a much more complete um example of the franchise in my eyes and and it's just a shame they ran up against that bucks team and couldn't do anything else I love I love Walker's point there that we loved these teams even though they broke our hearts and and I think that's that's what being a Hornets fan it, it, that's kind of what it's been like uh, you I love this team I love Jamal Mashburn I love Paul Silas who is still kind of a face in the organization he sits behind the bench every uh, and his son was uh, the assistant coach there for a while under Steve Clifford and. Um, yeah, we just love this team. Uh, so that's what being a Hornets fan is all about. Sometimes we and, and I brought up this point a few uh, weeks ago, and I still think about it. That part of I think part of the romance and fun of being a Charlotte Hornets fan, and I know a lot of people that are fans of other teams like San Antonio or Dallas or Miami, you know, teams that have had final success would laugh at this, and I really don't care. But part of the, I think the fun of of being a Hornets fan is that the moment they make an Eastern Conference Finals will be the greatest moment in franchise history. And, and here's the thing, you get to experience that. The moment that it happens, and, and it will happen, you get to experience that, hopefully, in your lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> and it will. 
Hopefully. It's the way it's the appropriate way to address it. It really is. It's unfortunate. Okay. Um, that was our rewatch. Uh, thank you for joining us here on Locked On Live and on Locked On Hornets. We've been looking back at a lot of history on our podcast. So if you are a Hornets fan and you just stumbled upon us here on Locked On Live, uh, check our podcast out. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We've had Rick Bennell on for the past several weeks. He's been digging into some hidden Hornets history. So looking back on some of these games, some of these moments, some of these trades, and giving you some information that you maybe have forgotten or maybe wasn't widely reported at the time. It's been a lot of fun. So we're here uh, every day, Monday through Friday, Locked on Hornets. Check us out. Uh, Walker and I and, and David Walker comes on as well. Uh, so until we do this again, uh, thank you so much. And thanks to uh, David and Walker for uh, joining me here. And we will see you on the next rewatch, maybe we get back together uh, again next Friday and, and watch something from this season. We will, we shall see. Just uh, pay attention to us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets for updates on that. Um, so enjoy doing this live with you guys, and we'll see you next time.